Why do we struggle with faith? Um, first of all, what is faith, right? A lot of people always have heard of the word, whether you consider yourself spiritual or not. There is an ability of humans to believe in something that is not there yet, to, in a way, hope for something that they want it to be manifested. But understanding faith and how it operates, I think it's one of the hardest things because even if you are a believer, in my case, I'm Christian, I've always felt that this is something that is very much particular challenging for a lot of people. We go through stuff every day. We go through challenges every day and not every day, but I mean, in general, in life. Um, I think that it's hard. It's hard to partner with faith because we are accustomed to operate from fear. At least that's my case or that has been my case for a while. But understanding faith, where it comes from, what it is and how it operates in a way that it can be something that I produce naturally and that I can exercise it on a daily basis. And when it comes to situations that are so difficult and it's a struggle to really reach out to faith, that's where I find it useful to understand it and to know how it operates so I can make choices that lead me to not only produce faith, but hold on to faith and see the outcomes being, you know, um, permeated by that faith that in a way influence my circumstances and not the circumstances influence my well-being or my experience. So yes, this podcast is going to be about faith and why do we still struggle with it. So welcome. I once heard a story of a pastor um, who was always saying that he used to encourage his congregation to stand on faith um, and partner with God, you know, in every circumstances. And he said that he was challenged himself when he went through a very difficult part of his life. His wife was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer and she was like giving like two weeks of you know life and it was such a challenging moment for him and he mentioned that he was just still trying to stay strong and then he asked for prayer and then he was trying to put on a facade that he was easy for him because you know he needed to be a man of God but in that moment you know he struggled and he said that his best friend was the only person that he could be vulnerable with and and he said I don't know what to do you know this in this moment I don't even know how to pray I don't even know if I should pray I don't even know why is this happening? Like I had a whole issue with, you know, God and whatever he's been going through and, and learning. And, and now he was at a loss, you know, and his friend came and said something so beautiful to him. And he said, you know, you can stand on my faith until you can get strong enough to stand on your own. And that was so touching to me. I believe that I can relate because I, I've been in ministry and I've been in, in walking in this Christian journey, right, of faith for so long that I feel that I have encountered God in such a intimate way that I do not, my, my faith is not based on books that I've read or, or you know, preaching messages that I heard or, or tradition, ritualistic beliefs that I have about uh, a religion per se, but it's, it's really on a, ba a personal experience 
But even myself, knowing that I've witnessed so many miracles, I've traveled the world, and I've been in, in these amazing you know, communities where people have experienced real changes like in their lives supernaturally. Um, even when I'm going through something, I'm, I struggle the same, you know? And that's where community is needed. That's where you need to stand on the faith of others for you, right? But um, I still want to understand what is faith and, and how it operates and how is it that we can, in a way, use it to work for us, right? And, and not against us. So going about it, I want to start with the definition of faith according to the Bible, there is a scripture in Hebrews 1.11 that says faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. And that word substance means uh, being or essence. It's a Latin word, substantia, and also means standing firm. In Greek means substructure or foundation. And I want you to pay particular attention to the word substructure and foundation because I would like to revisit it later in this podcast, okay? So is it faith something that a person produces on its own or is it a gift from heaven? And according to scripture, it's both. You know, there is a scripture that speaks about how faith has come to us, referring to Jesus as him, the personification of faith. Uh, and also there is a, in the scripture also in Genesis, it talks about the intrinsic ability of a human, right? To have faith. And it comes from the word in Hebrew, Amman. The first time that this word appeared in the Bible is when Abraham was given a promise and then he just say aman, which means I agree, right? This is the the, the, the word that the word amen comes from. And it's basically you're agreeing with whatever God says about you and about his plans for you. Um, I'm going to just share a little bit of, of a nugget of wisdom right there. The word aman one of the meanings is being carried as a baby. So even if it's an agreement that you are doing out of your own, you know, ability, still you're carried as a baby into God's promised land, you know, it's just beautiful. But then I don't want us only to just see faith as the Christian perspective, but as a human ability, you know, whether you are a believer or not, there's something particular about faith that operates in everybody's journey. Because people constantly talk about how is it that they doubt themselves about it or they refer to a particular energy or universe or high power or force that we're playing either against them or for them for a particular thing to happen, right? So I want to introduce it from the science perspective, okay? And according to neuroscience, thoughts are the language of the brain and emotions are the language of the body. So the emotions are stored memory in our bodies that create the reactions that we have towards circumstances. It's not the way around. So basically, you don't feel in a certain way because of something that happened to you you actually feel a certain way is because of things that have happened in your past that had created a perspective. And now that's the filter that you experience things in life and that's how you react to things. Basically, whatever is inside of us, our own perspective, 
it has been permeated by a strong emotional event, which is a trauma. So every time we react to something, it's not based on whatever situation we're going through. It is based on whatever we have stored in our memory. So in that moment, we're going to make decisions not based on whatever is needed according to what is happening. It's based on what we have gone through and whatever beliefs we have of ourselves. And I think that I I can explain the, the word triggers, which is something that a lot of us um, have experience with, whether you know it or not. You know, um, let's say I remember having a conversation with my sister once because she was like very upset about some something that her friend told her. And then she was telling me, I was there with her, by the way, and she's like, hey, can you believe she said that to me? And she, how dare she? And then I was like, all of that I didn't see, to be honest, because I wasn't really related to her. I hadn't had any experience before that with her, with the, her friend, I mean, and I wasn't triggered, but my sister was, and she was reacting from a different experience, not from that one in particular. So I do believe that we all have trauma and that we all understand that emotions are based in something that is really not related to what is happening up there. And I can also relate in another circumstance because I remember being in a training for social emotional learning and I work with youth and I remember particularly <laughs> working with middle schoolers and it was such a crazy experience. I call them the gremlins because when they come in sixth grade, they're like these cutie pies with little voices and then, you know, doing pretty much everything you told, tell them to do. And whenever they go through the changes of adolescence and pre-adolescence and they come in seventh and eighth grade, oh my gosh, it's almost like the, the gremlins got water in them and they become these weird, crazy creatures that are hanging from a lamp and another one like eating your pencils like and I'm not that that's like actually a picture a real picture not not the analogy but anyway so in this particular training they were telling us that how the children behave had nothing to do with us or whatever was happening I remember just telling somebody hey you know Tyrone just go ahead and sit down and they'll be like you don't tell me it was just crazy but the thing was that they were not reacting towards what was happening there or me. But whatever, you know, trauma they came with before they came to my classroom. And us, in particular as well, we were reacting not towards the behavior, the rolling the eyes or the don't talk to me, you're not the boss of me. I remember that I got so triggered by those children rolling his, their eyes and and because I was reminded of how insecure or disrespected I felt when other people did not see me as a, an authority figure. And, you know, this is what other adults also, it, they can go through the same thing, talking to the same kid and not be triggered. Because for them, that behavior is completely harmless, you know. But anyways, going back to what I meant to say, I know I got um, a lot of stories. Uh I agree. I agree that emotions are something that has to do with our past, okay? But let's go back to what science have to say. And the way that genes in our body are expressed, 
are also according to the environment that they are exposed to, right? In in another podcast, I mentioned the word epigenetics, which is a science that study the changes in our DNA due to external factors or external circumstances. Now, more studies have been made about the changes that our DNA goes through and the genes, the, the majority of our genes in our bodies are closed off and they get to be expressed or opened up according to the environment that they are exposed to. And emotions create an environment that signal the genes to provoke the gene expression. So basically genes expressed through the creation of protein and those proteins are responsible for the structure and the functions of our body. Basically expression of protein is the expression of life. This is a, a neuroscientist that I listen to. His name, his name is Joe Dispenza and he's really brilliant in, in this area. But it made me think back in the words or the meaning of the word faith, which is substructure or foundation. And it makes me think of how genes are expressed and form that structure in our bodies through proteins, right? So what this is explaining is thoughts become words and those words become matter, something that you can even see or touch. Your genes get to be changed or get to be activated with your emotions because those emotions are the environment that are created for those genes to express. And the good thing about it is that we are not subject to our emotions. When you're little, yes, you're just learning. You're just going through stuff. Your biochemistry is going around experimenting new things and then you react and, you know, you become an adult and you see a pattern and then you become self-aware and you start exercising self-control. So those emotions can be transformed by your thoughts. And this is what ever was said before, right? If the thoughts are the language of our brain, right? And your body speaks a language, is the language of feelings and emotions. So your body basically can tell your brain what it needs for the betterment or the best environment of your body. So once your mind receives the message, once you become aware of something, you start creating in your thoughts, using your imagination, that prophetic picture of what the future that your body and reality needs to look like, to feel like, to function in the best way. And that's when your mind becomes conscious and you start exercising self-control, replacing thoughts that are not good for you. And you can start creating emotions based not on those circumstances or trauma from the past, but on the prophetic picture that you want for your life to be. And you start transforming your genes. You start creating the proteins that are aligned to that prophetic picture. You basically can control your future. That is when your body starts living and feeling as if your future is already there, as if the miracle is already there. So you're literally in that moment creating this environment for your emotions to express the genes in the way that are, they are supposed to. It literally, it's producing the substance of things that you hope for, which is faith. 
So faith is literally inside your body, creating the structure for your life, for the proteins needed for the best functionality of your body and therefore your life. And the beauty of it is that we have been given this control, this ability. So where it comes from? It comes from your emotions. Where those emotions can come from? From your brain, from your thoughts, from the truth that you decide to replace with and not functioning anymore from, faith, from, from fear, I mean, and for trauma. The way that I apply it every day, and this is the, the practical way I want this podcast to be about, and it's what happens when life hits you hard, right? I was diagnosed with a tumor not long ago. It was an ovarian tumor. It was the size of a football. Um, it was 20 pounds, I think. No, actually 10 pounds and 20 centimeters long and, and 22 uh, wide and it was like almost like 10 pounds heavy so it was pretty big it was the biggest organ in my, in my body uh, so I, I, I've been you know a receiver of a lot of healing miracles but this one hit me hard because when when you get to be in a, an oncology room being given all the the possibilities and, and, and the results it's pretty scary to be honest but I understood faith in the sense of that I've been given a miracle. I, I'm gonna just tell you really quick, I have a finger growing back. A finger got chopped off once, God gave me a scripture. I started believing and imagining that that scripture and that prophetic picture was true and it happened. And I've seen limbs grow and I, I've seen people, you know, sight restored. I've seen a lot of miracles, but in this particular moment, I was really scared. And, and you know, it was just, it was hard to have faith. And I remember there was every time that every diagnosis that was given to me in the span of a few months, I needed to replace that with the future of, of that prophecy. Basically, um, at my age, the doctor decided that all the organs needed to be, the reproductive organs needed to be removed if cancer was there. So I was like, but what are my choices? Like, I don't want, I want to have babies. And then he'd say, I'm too old, um, that I needed to think about my health and not the 10 or 5% chance of me getting pregnant at my age. I'm 42. So I was like, okay, but <laughs> I want to have that chance, you know, but so my prayer was that they didn't need to have to remove any of my organs and that I was cancer free and and it happened. I tell you, it was a miracle and I still feel like I'm going through the consequences of it. But every single time a thought comes from that trauma of me being ashamed for not having children sooner, me feeling scared for growing old without a family um, and alone, um, me being also rejected you know so many ways uh, in romantic relationships from the past people around me like all the trauma that i i was um raised in my household and etc i get to ask god of what picture he has for me and 
that's what I start thinking. So sometimes I had to really repeat it louder through worship, through scripture, through people giving me encouragement. Even I record those prophetic words and encouragement and I play it to myself back because I need to replace that. And I believe another way and the most to me important way to replace the trauma of whatever is being given to me by my past experiences, by my fears, but all of these mindsets that I create of my own, you know, self, like identities that I have been, or narratives that I have been given to myself, like, you know, I'm going to be alone, people are going to always reject me, everybody sucks, like, um, all of those things that we carry out, even in our DNA, the way that we can start replacing them is with thanksgiving. You know, gratefulness, it's the most powerful way of you understanding that you can change the environment in your body because when you become grateful for something, right, in a way, you are grateful for something that you've been given, yeah? If your body is able to experience that gratefulness, once you exercise it, your brain only registers it, right? As if it's already happened. That's why I believe that every every promise in the Bible is with a past tense because we have in our brain this bias about it that is only, or is this, this a way of the brain being subjective? It only registers everything that you think or you use in your imagination as if it's already happened, Okay. Everything that you you are thinking, your body, your brain registers it as if it's already happened. So that gratefulness that you start exercising every day for the things that have happened in your life, for the things that you have in your life, for the things that you will have, and, and how deserving you are, that's what it changes. That's what it creates in your body, the environment that it needs to be able to express the genes, form the new proteins, and basically become the structure of your life, the new structure of your life. How is this particularly also applied in the circumstances around you? It's because once your brain, your thoughts, and your emotions are in coherence, are connected, right? There's something called integration in your brain, which is integrity, meaning whatever you believe, you also feel it and therefore you behave accordingly okay the opposite is cognitive dissonance right when a person feels like oh i'm good i'm fine but then you keep you know repeating the patterns of toxicity and dysfunctionality and you keep being addicted to whatever it is or you keep having all these behaviors to numb your emotions and then having toxicity around you so this is exactly what happens you become grateful you start exercising and connecting with gratefulness. Your body starts creating the environment around the genes. It becomes the substance, right? It becomes the faith based on what you are actually wanting for you to happen in your life. So you envision yourself being that healthy and wholesome person. And then it starts creating this brain and heart yeah, thoughts and emotions, coherence and, and connectivity 
that in a way integrates in your brain to the conscious mind. So it becomes an automated thought and behavior, right? That starts becoming your personality. And this is the electromagnetic field that in quantum physics is it's called electromagnetic field that attracts situation into your life that are miraculous. You know, I've been listening to a lot of the neuroscience aspect of it and people talk about energy, you talk about entanglement and talk about how we are the creators of our future and it's really biblical. All he's talking about is once you become one with him, once you understand that the one who made the promise has the ability to carry it about, but also that he loves you and that he has chosen you to be his resting place. You become the supernatural being. You become this magnet for miracles of finances, of healing, of emotional healing, of hope, of love, of, you know, you become this magnetic field of goodness and grace and compassion and empathy and you start influencing the world around you. It has happened to me. It has happened to many people that I know. The sad part is that it becomes as true as if you were operating from the opposite side, which is fear and trauma and dysfunctionality. And I've seen a lot of people repeating parents in their lives and scenarios repeating in itself because of the energy that they're giving out, because of how incoherent their mindsets and their behaviors are when it comes to whatever they want and whatever they actually are getting because of what they still operate from and the energy they give out. So think about it. Gratefulness can lead you to having to replace the mindset or the perspective or the trauma that you have about your life, your own concept or yourself, your own identity, until it becomes identity, until it creates the substance in your environment, in your body, that express your genes, that forms those proteins, that becomes that structure, supernatural structure in your, in your DNA, in your life, and start creating that electromagnetic field that attracts the promises of God. So you can walk not only in authority and empowerment in your decision-making, but also in your promises. So I hope this bless you. Like I said all the time, re- leave a review, share with people. I'm hoping to create this content also in Spanish, which is my native language, so I would not have an accent. Um, but I hope this continues to bless you. And yeah, thank you for listening. This is Angelica, and this is my podcast. Mm-hmm.